Welcome, welcome once again this week to the podcast. This podcast is all about how the quality of love is such a unique quality. It is the only asset that we can have in which the more of it we give away, the more of it we still have. It's like a great riddle that you could put in a children's book. What is something that you can continually give away, and every time you give away more, you actually have more returned to you? And that's the quality of love. So today we're going to be looking at a scripture passage from John where Jesus is giving last instructions to the disciples before he leaves the earth. And of course, it's about giving love to other people. We're going to hear a great hymn by Malvina Reynolds, an old folk singer from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, who was also quite a social activist, that is, again, all about giving love and how the more you give, the more you have. And it all begins with a call to worship by our music director, Belinda, who is going to interpret a piece that was written by Jim Brickman. The piece is called Faith. And she'll be offering it to us on the piano. I urge you, in these troubled times, take a deep breath. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth, maybe a couple of times. Relax for just a moment. There are plenty of pressures in our lives. But today, as we call ourselves to worship, let's settle in and listen to this beautiful piece of music, Faith arranged by Jim Brickman and played by Belinda.
Our scripture reading today comes from the 13th chapter of the Gospel of John, and it comes right after a scene in which Jesus has washed the disciples' feet. Much more about that later, but can you imagine having your master, your leader, the one you look up to, ask you to take off your sandals and allow himself to kneel before you and wash your feet? I've actually in my lifetime had an opportunity to be a part of a foot washing ceremony, and it is humbling to have someone wash your feet. And so this is the instruction that Jesus gives the disciples right after he has visually shown them how to show true love to someone else by washing their feet. So here is the instruction that Jesus gives just before he leaves the earth and is resurrected. Listen to John 13, beginning with the 33rd verse. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said before, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. So a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Today's hymn comes to us from 1955. And its real title is Magic Penny. It was written by Malvina Reynolds in 1955. And if that name sounds familiar to you, she wrote the song Little Boxes and that 60s and 70s standard What Have They Done to the Rain and Turn Around. She also later in her life wrote some of the songs for Sesame Street on the television. Some of them are still used to this very day. Now, Malvina Reynolds was friend of Pete Seeger. That's how I first came into contact with her music. And she was quite a social activist, struggling for racial equality and women's rights and hoping to receive recognition for the LGBTQ community. Well, this song from 1955 called Magic Penny has great lyrics. Love is something if you give it away. Give it away, give it away. Love is something, if you give it away, you end up having more. It's just like a magic penny. Hold it tight, and you won't have any. Lend it, spend it, and you'll have so many they'll roll all over the floor, for love is something, if you give it away. I love this hymn, and so today, settle in and listen to Malvina Reynolds sing the song Magic Penny from 1955. Love is something if you give it away, give it away, give it away. Love is something if you give it away, you end up having more. It's just like a magic penny, hold it tight and And if you give it away, give it away, give it away Love is something, if you give it away, you end up having more Money's dandy and we like to use it 
But love is better if you don't refuse it It's a treasure and you'll never lose it Unless you lock up your door Love is an interesting quality to have. It's an interesting asset to have. Because unlike all other assets we might possess, unlike all other traits that we might possess, love is the one thing that you can continually give away and it just replenishes. Love is the one thing that the more you give it away, the more you have. We have a great example of this in our scripture text today from the 13th chapter of John. When Jesus first shows the disciples how to have amazing love for someone else by kneeling before them, removing his outer garment, using it as a towel, and washing each of their feet. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what kind of love that represents? Just before Jesus is going out into the garden to be arrested, just before he's going to be tried and convicted in a mock trial, just before he is beaten within an inch of his life and then hung on a cross to die in humility, absolute abject humility, he kneels before his disciples and shows them love by washing their feet. And then he speaks of love in his final sermon to them. Little children, he says, yet a little while I will be with you. You will seek me, but you will not be able to come where I am going. But I leave you with this, a new commandment, a new way to live, that you should love one another as I have loved you. And how will people know that you are one of my followers? They will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. There are so many examples of this kind of overwhelming love I barely know where to start. Now, the great 20th century preacher Fred Craddock tells this story. A family was driving along a country road, and the children spotted a kitten in the tall weeds by the side of the road. The kitten looked quite sick. Stop, all the children yelled. Stop. They wanted to take the cat home. Ah, the father protested. We have a zoo at home already, he said. There's no room for one more animal. But the children's begging finally got to him. He reversed the car right there in the middle of the road and got out to pick up the kitten. It was emaciated. Its ribs were showing. You could tell that it had not eaten in ages. The fur was matted and there were wounds. He reached out to pick up the kitten and the little booger took a swipe at him. The cat hissed and growled and scratched his hand. Well, the father was just frustrated and wanted to walk away, but he looked up at his children's pleading eyes from the car so he picked up the cat by the scruff of the neck and wrapped it in his jacket so it wouldn't scratch him. When they arrived home, 
The father insisted on making a place for the cat in the parents' room so that the rest of their homebound zoo wouldn't bother him while he recuperated. It didn't take very long before that cat became strong and beautiful. One day, the father looked around to see if anyone was looking, and then he gently put his hand down in front of the cat. Instead of being scarred once again by the claws of that cat, the cat just nuzzled up against his hand and began to purr. As that great preacher Fred Craddock points out, this story about a scraggly, scratchy kitten is the true epitome of love. Loving something that doesn't appear to want to love you back, and yet loving it so deeply and amazingly that you nurture it into a loving relationship. I've had relationships like that in my life. One I can remember specifically when I was a young man, my wife and I were running a grill service at a college where we were living. We thought it would be a great way to supplement our income while I was attending school and give us a future where Lynn would be able to go to school as well. But it didn't work out that way. The grill had so many rules and regulations about how we could hire students and how we couldn't, what hours we needed to stay open and what hours we needed to close, that we couldn't do good business decisions, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. All of a sudden, we found ourselves in a terrible financial hole. And we were so young and naive, we had no idea how bad it had gotten, and finally, the controller of the university called me in and I thought, oh, here we go. I'm going to be in terrible trouble now. And he sat me down in a chair right across from his desk and he sort of leaned back in his chair and he drummed his fingers on the desk and he said, you know what? You're in some real financial trouble. And I said, oh, don't I know it? And I have no idea how to get out of it. I, I may have even looked like I was ready to shed a tear. But he leaned forward across his desk and he looked right into my eyes and he said these very words. Look, I'm an old man and I've been through a lot and you're a young man and you're just getting started. So I'm going to make sure that we help you out. And don't you know, he showed us such love and compassion that he found a way to cancel all of our debts and set us free from that horrible financial obligation. He saw that in that moment, the only way he'd be able to save this young man from all the things that he had experienced as an old man was to love me, love me in ways I could barely imagine. That's just what Jesus is trying to teach here, to love people in a way they can barely imagine, to do the equivalent of kneeling before them and washing their feet when they least expect it, and they certainly don't understand it. To offer the words, there is only one way that people will know you are a follower of mine. Only one way that people will know you are one of my disciples. They will know it because of how you show love for one another. Since I started with a story by Fred Craddock, I'll end with one as well. But this is a much more personal story about his own family. My mother took us to church every Sunday, and even Sunday school. My father didn't go. He complained about Sunday dinner being late when she came home. Sometimes the preacher would call, and my father would say on the phone, I know what the church wants. The church doesn't care about me. Church wants another name, another pledge, another name, and another pledge, right? Isn't that the name of the game? Another name, another pledge. 
That's what my father always said. Sometimes we'd have a revival. The pastor would bring the evangelist over to the house and say to him, There's one now. Go get him. Sick him. Get him. And my father would say the same thing to the evangelist. Every time my mother was in the kitchen, always nervous, in fear of flaring tempers or somebody being hurt, and always my father would say, The church doesn't care about me. The church wants another name and another pledge. I guess I must have heard that a thousand times. But one time, my father didn't say it. He was in the veterans hospital and he was down to 73 pounds. They'd already taken out his throat and he had said, It's too late. And they put in a metal tube and x-rays burned him to pieces. I flew in to see him. He couldn't speak, couldn't eat. I looked around the room, potted plants and cut flowers on all the windowsills, a stack of cards twenty inches deep beside his bed. And even that tray where they put the food, if you could eat it, on that was a flower. And all the flowers beside the bed, every card, every blossom were from persons or groups from that church. He saw me read one of the cards. He could not speak. So he took a Kleenex box and he wrote on the side of the box a line from Shakespeare. If he had not written this line, I would not tell you this story. He wrote, In this harsh world, dry your breath in pain to tell my story. So I said to him, What is your story, Daddy? And he wrote, I was wrong about the church. I was just wrong. So, if you haven't given away love recently then your stash is being depleted. If you haven't given away love recently, even to the gnarliest, nastiest cat or the grumpiest old man, then your storehouse is being depleted. For it's so true. Love is something if you give it away, you end up having more. Let's pray together. God, you are a God of love. You are love itself. And just as Jesus instructed the disciples, so you instruct us every day. Give your love away. Give it to people who are unlovable. Give it to those who don't love you. And the more you give, the more you'll have. Help us to remember this every day as we move forward. Love is something we need to give away so we'll have even more. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Well, the podcast has come to an end. I hope you'll go out and be a radical lover. So let me offer this benediction. Love is something if you give it away, give it away, give it away. Love is something if you give it away, you end up having more. It's just like a magic penny. Hold it tight and you won't have any. Lend it, spend it, and you'll have so many. They'll roll all over the floor. For love is something if you give it away. Give it away, give it away. Love is something if you give it away. You'll end up having more. My friends, the service here is ended. May we go in peace. Amen.